0: Business Minds, presented by the Business Journals of Florida, and brought to you by Tico People's Gas, at the heart of Florida's energy. The fast-growing commercial and military aviation industry is in the spotlight as Jacksonville Business Journal Editor-in-Chief Tim Gibbons connects with Mark Van Lowe, President and CEO of the Jacksonville Aviation Authority.
1: again for joining me. It's always good to talk to you, and particularly now, looking at the growth of the Jacksonville International Airport and looking at some of the exciting plans in the coming and the future, it seemed like a, a good time to sit down and chat. So I do want to spend a decent amount of time talking about the future and what you see on the horizon. But before we do that, let's go into the past a little bit. I remember talking to you back in March 2020, where things looked very, very dire for the aviation industry overall remember you comparing it to nine eleven and that uh, just total shutdown of flights and nobody knowing what's going to happen. And yet the industry has rebounded. Jacksonville has massively rebounded. How surprised are you about where things are now?
2: Well, I was very surprised. You know, we were so concerned after, you know, the onset of COVID, we suspended our new Concourse B construction design. We absolutely thought, the world may be ending soon as far as air travel. And as you said, you know, February, we we broke all traffic records here at the airport. Passenger numbers are through the roof, beating all historical numbers, and it looks like March is gonna do the same. With that said, the business travel is still not back yet. So I think it's kind of a good news, bad news that we're lucky it's not, because I don't know what we would do with all those business travelers on top of the leisure travelers, but. I think these projections have exceeded what I originally thought by about two years. We were all told about after COVID or during COVID that it'd take about five years for us to get back to where we would be in the United States. And of course, we're exceeding that expectation uh, tremendously.
1: You talk about the number of passengers. One of the key stories I think in Jacksonville is also the, the number of airlines. So in recent years, there's been more of an interest. I know maybe this will go out throughout Florida, not just coming to Jacksonville, but you're having more airlines who are looking at the First Coast as a place where they want to fly. What's driving that?
2: Well, I, I think COVID helped that a lot. I think it put a lot of eyes on Florida when people were all of a sudden trapped in their homes or remote working and decided, well, I could do that on a beach somewhere in Florida. So a lot of the airlines we had been talking to over the years finally saw the light and said, well, you know, maybe we should put some service down in the Jacksonville area because of the businesses. And uh, it's working out really well. And, you know, Breeze just added two more cities a couple of weeks ago. So we are thrilled.
1: You mentioned Concourse B, and that was uh, it was uh, in retrospect, an interesting conversation when, when the plans for that were temporarily shelved. Concourse B has been something that the airport has been has been on your radar for years as a thing that might happen at some point in the future. You were beginning that process and then COVID hit, and now you're you're in full swing on that. Explain to people who might not be familiar with the Jacksonville Airport what Concourse B will will bring to the table.
2: Well, if you fly into Jacksonville late at night or leave early in the morning, you will see aircraft parked at all our gates and all over the ramps. There just isn't enough gate space here for the airline. So that's a bit of a problem to an airline who has a lot of flights going out and then they have to physically tow those planes from other parts of the airport to bring it to the gate to put people on them. So Concourse B will give us initially six new passenger gates with a ton more concessions, what people really want. They want food, beverages, and and things, you know, in the airport. So that will almost double what we have today. And it'll give us another airline lounge. It's going to be a fantastic new expansion for the airport. And additionally, we'll bring in more uh, more flights.
1: The Jacksonville Airport has, for years, shows up on, on the lists of, uh, you know, the J.D. Powers, travelers like coming through it. As you add more flights, that can be difficult to keep those high standards. Um, and frankly, it has to be even harder to do it when you're, you're in the midst of construction. How do you manage that as the, as the CEO of the airport? How do you keep the, the standards high when you have all of these balls in the air?
2: Well, you're absolutely right. And that was one of the top concerns we had when we were talking with the contractors and the architects about this new facility. You know, right now we're in the middle of our checkpoint expansion. And that's been a tough, uh, tough project. It'll probably go on until Thanksgiving. and, And we're taking down two passenger security lanes at a time to remodel and put in new equipment. And so people come to the airport and they see lines that seem to be a little longer than they used to be. And of course, all the satisfaction awards we won are a result of our employees, our custodial workers and our maintenance workers who keep this place looking new. And so we know we have to hire more of those folks. We have to have a longer day, maybe a 24-hour cleaning period now instead of uh, 18. We want to maintain that ranking. I mean, we've been pretty proud of that over the years, and we seem to get first place every time we try and enter. So it's something that's very, very uh, near and dear to our hearts.
1: I was actually flying a week or so ago and did actually show up a little bit earlier because I I was – I knew the construction was going on. Things did go very smoothly through security. So that was, that was very good to see.
2: Well, TSA has been a wonderful partner. You know, this is a big deal for an airport our size to be getting all this brand new state-of-the-art equipment that will double the throughput. In other words, it'll cut your waiting time in half for a customer. And right now, when you show up early in the morning, you see the lines are long and they may be intimidating, but they move really quickly. And the TSA staff here is one of the best I've ever worked with.
1: So talk about how you you build on that. The amenities that are coming to the airport are both pre- and post-security, I know came out of talking to travelers. What were they looking for? What did they want to have? Once the all the projects are done, there, there's concourse B, there's the stuff before the concourse, there's more parking coming. You look at the airport five years in the future. What, uh, what do you see?
2: Well, I want to see the passenger get off the airplane who's probably not been to Jacksonville in a while, or maybe they'd never been here. When they come through the terminal, I want them to know they are in Jacksonville, Florida, and they're going to see the, the bright floors, the sunlight, but more importantly, the food that we have to offer, most of it lately is from our local vendors. We made a big deal about that. We We know we still have to have the the national vendors that people know of, the Starbucks and the restaurants they see in other airports. But in Jacksonville, Southern Grounds is now here, they're opening up their second location in the airport. Firehouse Subs has now got the second location we just opened a few weeks ago, and we're talking to other local vendors. We want to give people, and we heard this from our passenger surveys, is they want more food and beverage choices and not so much shopping. And so that was one thing we really addressed over the past few years. You know, we had we had one of the largest Brooks Brothers uh, stores I've ever seen at an airport here, and there was hardly anybody ever in there. Well, that store is now gone, and we've replaced it or will be replacing it. We have a burger joint now, uh, BurgerFi, which is doing really well. So it's just what the customer wants to see and eat.
1: I've always wondered how many people buy a suit, you know, when they're walking through an airport. It just seems like a slightly odd purchase to me. But uh,
2: I agree. You know, I could see where they would buy maybe a shirt or a necktie or a pair of socks, but the Brooks Brothers is a really, really nice, uh, affluent store, and uh, I didn't see a lot of people in there.
1: Pulling the camera back a little bit, we've talked kind of about the specifics of going through COVID and then coming out and, and then diving, you know, headlong into a, a one of the biggest expansions the airport has seen, which has to be challenging from a management standpoint where you you you're kind of dealing with a really hard time for the aviation industry and then a really exciting time for the airport when it comes to growth. how do you approach that as the CEO?
2: it's hiring and maintaining and retaining the right people you know our staff went from covid to ramping up very quickly getting this terminal B back on track and then you know, recently we put out a, a, on something on the street for a new parking garage. It's just getting everybody motivated to go, all right, we're back. Let's go. Don't stop. All hands on deck. And everybody stepped up to the plate. And it's been unbelievably successful for us. Just having the right people here who all are, are aviation nerds like us. We all sing on the same song sheet and uh, we all want the best.
1: So you talked about being about two years ahead of where you would have projected being in terms of of passenger count. And and as you said, business travel has not yet come back. Obviously that's a concern to us here at the Business Journal. It's something that we write about a lot of what what is gonna happen on that business travel front. Not that you have a crystal ball, but as you look ahead, what do you think the next couple of years are gonna bring when it comes to the business traveler?
2: The business traveler is gonna come back and, and they're coming back a lot more slower than we thought but we're comparing it to the leisure traveler who just come out of the woodwork and it just hasn't let up at all. Most of business travel to Europe and you know foreign destinations is, is what was really noticeable. And now most of these flights are are full anyway from leisure travelers going to Europe, but I think the business travel will be back. And for the most part, I think the business traveler realizes you've got to do face-to-face. Zoom calls, we're over those and we're tired of them. We want to see the personalized handshakes and the going out to dinner with your clients. And you can't do that sitting at home. You've got to go to those locations and that's coming back and it will come back.
1: It's interesting for all of the talk of the hybrid workplace, It, it for, for many people, particularly in those sales sort of roles or customer facing roles, it's not so much be back in the office. It's, you don't be in the office, but be at the client's office, be out there having those interactions and and whether it's networking or selling or doing those things that actually create the relationships that make business work.
2: Absolutely. You know, you've seen some of these major Fortune 50 companies try that experiment and now most of them are saying, please come back to work.
0: We need you here. Mark Van Lowe joining us next, the surprising situation with airport parking when Florida Business Minds continues. People's Gas, invested in lowering emissions and developing sustainable energy for a greener Florida. People's Gas is committed to Florida's clean energy future. Learn more about renewable natural gas at Florida'sEnergy.com.
1: You kind of alluded earlier to, in some ways, the not having business travel fully rebound yet. It gives you a little bit of cushion because you do have such a flood of leisure travelers coming through the airport. Are you prepared as the you know, as business travel does ramp up over coming years? Do you have enough capacity? Will Concourse B give you enough capacity to handle the influx?
2: We currently have enough capacity. You know uh, the parking situation caught us off guard because you assume, and this is our first mistake, was assuming that the leisure traveler was budget oriented. They'd park in our economy lots and take the shuttles to the terminal. Well. That was completely wrong our leisure travelers are paying high-end parking in the garage directly across the street which most business travelers used to park at and so that that caught us by surprise but we've been able to re uh, shift some parking garages and shift some parking locations we're moving our employees to another lot that work in the terminal and so we are making space available now we do occasionally run out of parking in some different areas for a little bit during the day until the next flight comes in and then the parking lot opens up again but that's constantly going on and people are are noticed to that of our signage but for the most part we can handle for the next few years the increase given we know that that concourse b will be online and then also our new parking garage will be online in two years also
1: so we've been talking a lot about uh, Jacksonville International, because for, for many of our, our readers and our listeners, the future of the airport and, and its growth is, is very important. But I did want to touch just briefly on one of the other airports in the system, which is Cecil, where you have the, one of the biggest projects the Aviation Authority has ever done with the expansion of the, the Boeing facility there. Explain a little bit about, about what you as the Aviation Authority are doing out at Cecil and the economic impacts of that.
2: Well, you know, when I talk to people, I, I say, well, you think a lot of things happening at the International Airport. That's nothing compared to what's going on at Cecil. Boeing is the gift that keeps on giving. We, we broke ground on their big hangar facility, and then two weeks ago, we broke ground on an additional facility they're building right across the street from their construction. So that's a tremendous uh, shot in the arm to Jacksonville's economy. Just the number of jobs Boeing brings to town. And, and those jobs aren't going anywhere. Boeing's going to be in business for a long, long time, working on these aircraft that we're all familiar with, especially, you know, the retired Marine and Navy people that flew them. So that's just one aspect of Cecil. You know, we still have our spaceport license. We've got all the several other facilities at Cecil Flight Star that, that works on all the major airlines around the world, and it's just a very, very busy place. And anybody interested in becoming a mechanic. I think that road goes through Cecil because the number of jobs out there—it's just—it's just incredible.
1: I, I I covered the part of the handover when the Navy turned Cecil over to the the city and then the air, airfield side to the airport. And driving out there back years ago, where there, there was basically nothing—you uh, know, a couple of buildings. Flight Star has been there a long time, but um, it really is astounding going out there now and seeing the industrial growth. And all of those are you know, high wage jobs and a lot of them. So it's uh, yeah, truly an economic engine.
2: And it's not going to stop. You know, we've got hundreds of acres still undeveloped at Cecil. Of course, incredible access to the interstate system. The port is right down the road. So it's one of the few remaining spots in the United States where you could bring a mega project to and have it all encumbered on one location. So we're still out marketing around the world for that location. And I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see major announcements coming in the next few years.
1: You have anything you want to share now? (laughs) Uh,
2: Unfortunately, I think uh, Jack's USA would probably hunt me down and uh, put duct tape over my mouth if I talk. So, uh, But we are working hard on on that
1: development. It couldn't hurt to ask. Um, (laughs) Let me wrap up with with one more kind of future-looking sort of question. Um, You know, I know during your your time here, you have talked about the airport as that economic engine, that it's, it's bringing in people to do business through, through Jackson International, it's providing a place for jobs at, at Cecil and you're bringing people in, you know, the, the growth of uh, the executive airport is also tremendous. So if you look down the road, five years, 10 years, where do you see the aviation system overall? What do you, uh, what do you hope it looks like then?
2: Well, it's just going to be a, a very close relative of what we are today. I think when Jacksonville entices companies to relocate to this part of Florida, I want them to know that all their aviation needs will be covered. Whether the CEO has a private jet or the CEO has a, a Cessna 152 he likes to fly on weekends or their business travelers need to go around the world in a moment's notice. Uh, we have four airports that can handle just about anything that they need in the aviation business. And I want that, that box to be checked when the Chamber's out searching for new companies to come here.
1: Excellent. Well, that, I think, is a, a good point to, to end this on. I really do appreciate you taking the time to chat with me, and I look forward to seeing that, that future come into reality.
0: Well, anytime. I appreciate it. Thank you for downloading Florida Business Minds, presented by the Florida Business Journals. And brought to you by Tico People's Gas, at the heart of Florida's energy.